from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, 2. I want to ask, I want to read this scripture and then just kind of invite you to, uh, to consider a couple of things as, we, uh, as I play a song. Uh, maybe it's a song you're familiar with, maybe it's not, but uh, if it's not, just listen to the, uh, the, the words of this song and um, consider the, the words of this scripture that I'm about to read, and then we'll lead into prayer, and then uh, I do believe that God has a good message for us tonight as we continue in this uh, Promised Land series. So first let me pray, scripture, song, sermon, sound good? Sound good? Okay, here we go. Father God, thank you so very much for this evening that you have given to us, God. We thank you for the beauty of your creation. We thank you, Lord Jesus, as we, as we approach uh, the summer season, the beginning of the summer season this weekend, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the warm temperatures. We thank you, God, for the, the beauty of sunshine. We thank you, God, for the beauty of life that you are creating. We thank you, God, for the beauty of our own lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for for your leading and your guiding in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice over us and, God, for your Holy Spirit to us. Tonight, God, we pray that you would meet with us as we draw near to you, God, as we strive to worship you, Lord God, as we seek, God, to, to open our lives before you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would minister to us, meet with us, speak to us, Lord God, as a, as a group and as individuals, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. 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 All right. So here it is. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2. It says this. God says this, in fact. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Let me read that again. Isaiah 43, verse 2. God says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Here's the, 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 the concept that we're going to consider tonight, this message as we continue in this Promised Land series. What rushing waters or intimidating rivers are in your life right now? Maybe it's uncertainty, maybe it's, it's uh, something of, uh, that, that, that brings great fear or trepidation into your life. But the question I, wanna, I want us to consider tonight as we enter into the Lord's presence and as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the message that God has for us in this Promised Land series, as we consider these words of Isaiah 43 to what rushing waters or intimidating rivers are in your life right now what is god putting right before you and leading you into uh this evening so let me pray, play this song and then uh, and then we're gonna hear the message that uh, i believe god uh desires for us to hear tonight
Father God, tonight we thank you that when we pass through the rough waters of this life, God, when we face the uncertain rivers before us, God, the fearful paths, Lord Jesus, that so often uh, exist in the world around us, we thank you that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, God. We thank you for this promise, Lord God, that we come across tonight in Isaiah chapter 43, a promise, God, that you extend to all of your sons and daughters, all of your beloved, all of your creation, Lord Jesus, that you will never leave us, that you will be with us in the midst of fear, in the midst of our uncertainty. Lord Jesus, tonight, this is our prayer, God that you would make us more and more aware of your presence, God. Lord Jesus, bless us as we go to your word tonight, God, as we seek to enter into deep into your presence. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And so tonight, we're going to continue in this promised land Series, this promised land series, and we're going to go to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, and uh, I know you can find it in your Bible. We're going to be reading, I'm going to read here in a minute, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Uh, it's also on the Bible app. If you join, if you're uh, following that on, uh, on the Bible app, following along in our service tonight on the Bible app. And I want to tell you this, a special, a special note. If you're watching online with us, through Facebook, I would encourage you just to take a minute right now, take a minute to share the video, share tonight's video, because tonight's message, this message is not simply for our church, for our kind of closed faith community. This is a message that the entire church especially the church in America, needs to hear, needs to apply, and needs to live out. This is a message that we as the church of Jesus Christ need to be shouting from the rooftops. And so uh, I trust that, uh, that there is someone on your Facebook friends list that needs to hear this. And so if you just share that, take a minute to share that, and uh, we will ask God's blessing as you do that so that someone else, the, the person that needs to hear this or the people that need to hear this message tonight would hear it and uh, be able to apply it. And so here's the question again uh, as we go to uh, Joshua chapter 3. We're reminded in Isaiah 43 too that when we pass through the waters, God will be with us as we pass through the rough waters, the rivers, that they will never sweep over us, that they will never carry us away. And so here's the question I want to begin with tonight. Do you ever question, there goes my sermon, I hope I got it, I hope I have it, committed to memory, I better not let go of that. Eddie was going to jump up and get it for me. Thank you, sir. I know, I know, I know who I can count on. Do you question, do you question uh, ever, or have you ever questioned if God is with you? If God is with you, have you ever questioned whether he truly goes before you to prepare your path? Have you ever questioned, or maybe you're in that season right now, ever questioned whether he truly surrounds you and protects you 
always. So we've been in this Promised Land series for about four weeks now, kind of camped out in the book of Joshua, the beginning couple chapters of Joshua, and uh, the, the message has been much the same, that God has a promised land and a promised land life for each one of us. But it's not some far-off eternal home that, uh, that he's prepared for us when we pass away from this life. This promised land life can be a place that we live in today, that we experience today. And so we've, uh, we've been talking about the, the promised land journey that the Hebrews were on, how they camped out in the wilderness for 40 years, and God had made this promise to them some 500 years before this. And yet it took, it took many, many years, it took many times for God to reveal himself to them before they truly took him up on his promise and started to venture into the promised land. And so we've talked about Joshua and his call, his commission to leadership after the death of Moses. We talked about God's promise to Joshua uh, to, to, and his call to be strong and courageous. Last week we talked about Rahab and how the two spies went over and they, they talked to Rahab, they met with Rahab and they told her to hang a scarlet uh, cord out of her window and to watch for the coming of Joshua and the Hebrew army. And so tonight we're going to go to Joshua chapter 3. And I want to read verses uh, 3, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 12. Here we go. So here's what it says, Joshua 3, 1 to 12. Early in the morning then, Joshua and all of the Israelites, they set out and they went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Verse 8, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. So Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, and Gershites. Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 of the tribes of Israel, one, tr 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. I'm going to keep reading. I said through verse 12, I'm going to keep reading. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of the earth, set, in, set foot in the water into the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off 
and stand up in a heap. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carry the Ark the ark reached the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Areva, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all the Israelites while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. Praise the Lord. This must have been a miraculous sight. I mean, can you, can you imagine the, 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 the miraculous, the awesome sight? Can you imagine the awesome experience that the Israelites, the Hebrew people, God's people as they crossed the Jordan River. The Israelites knew for a, for a fact, they knew there was no doubt in their mind that God was with them. Just as Joshua said in verse 10 of, of chapter 3, this crossing, this crossing of the Jordan River is how you will know that the living God is among you. I asked that question to begin tonight to say, have you, ever, have you ever questioned whether God is with you? Have you ever questioned whether God truly goes before you prepare a path? Have you ever questioned whether God truly surrounds you and protects you always? See, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it, it's necessarily a lack of faith. I don't think it's a ding on our, on our righteousness if we, if we call out to the Lord God, I just need, I need some evidence. I need to know that you are with me. God, would you show yourself to me? God, would you, would you show your protection to me? God, would you, would you make it evident in my life? And that's exactly what God did for his people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites. What a miraculous sight and a miraculous experience. But you see, as I read chapter 3 of Joshua, as I read chapter 3 of Joshua, it, is, it, it, it strikes me that it's not just important, it's not just a miracle for the Israelites, it's not just a miracle for the Hebrew people, for God's people way back then, it is important for us still today. Let me tell you why it's important. First off, number one, you need to know that God is with you. You need to know, personally, you need to know that God is with you. But second off, they need to know that God is with you. Let me say that again. First, you need to know that God is with you. Second, they need to know that God is with you. And we're going to get to the they here in just a minute. Here's what, God, here's what uh, 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 chapter 3, verse 7 said. God said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel. Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you. Who's he talking about in verse 7? Who's God talking about? He's talking about 
the rest of Israel. He's talking about the rest of the Hebrew people, those two million some men, women, and children that Joshua was called to lead. He said, God said, so that they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Verse 10 and 11, God said to Joshua, this is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all of your enemies and all of those who stand in the way of you entering the promised land. God said, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. It will go ahead of you. What God is saying to Joshua, what God is saying to the Hebrew people, and still today what God is saying to us is that we must know that God is with us, but so must they know that God is with us. This is important to you. This is important to me. Because we must know God is with us, and they must know that God is with us. The Ark of the Covenant. What was the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant was just a small wooden box, mainly, mainly wooden box, commissioned to be built by God. It contained three Hebrew artifacts. It contained some, some unspoiled manna, manna, that, that food that God provided for the Hebrew people while they were in the wilderness, while they were between Egypt and the Promised Land. It contained a container of unspoiled manna. It contained Aaron's rod, and it also contained the stone tablets that had been engraved by the finger of God, the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets tablets, all contained in the Ark of the Covenant. It had a golden plate called the Mercy Seat, which was the lid to the chest. And on this lid, on the Mercy Seat, were engraved two cherubim, two angels. And between these two angels was the, 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 the Spirit of God. The place where God rested, the Ark of the Covenant. So when God said to the Hebrew people, when God said to the Israelites, follow the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan River, what God was truly saying was, follow me, follow me. Not the soldiers, not Joshua, not some engineers, not special forces that were going to, that were going to clear the way for them entering the Jordan River and into the promised land. What God was truly saying as he called them to step into the rushing waters of the Jordan River, his plan was very, very simple. I am with you. Follow me. Now, most of the time, what we find is that the Jordan River is about 100, 100 feet wide, about 6 feet deep. But Joshua received his orders. The Hebrew people received these orders through Joshua during the season of harvest. And while the Jordan River was at flood stage, that's what we read in verse 15, it was at flood stage. And at this point, it grew from about 100 feet wide to about a mile wide with the turbulence melted snows of the mountain that surrounded it. Crossing this rushing current was no small task, and Joshua knew that. The Hebrew people knew that, especially with millions of people. 
Can you imagine, I mean, just, just, just crossing turbulent waters a mile wide with just yourself, maybe just you and your, your small family. But keep in mind, Joshua is leading more than a million people across this Jordan River. This is no small task. And God wanted every man, every woman, every child and infant to cross the river. Two million people, I say a million, it's actually two million people. Two million people crossing the Jordan River. Two million. Keep in mind also, these are the same people who thought it was impossible months before to enter into the promised land. These are people that had tons and tons of excuses on their mind. So God calls Joshua. Joshua speaks to the, the people. They take up camp where they are. They pick up their tents. They pick up their families. They pack all their belongings, and they head on down to the banks of the Jordan River. They camp then on the edge of this river for three days. They wait. Three days they camp there next to the flooded Jordan. They watch the, the raging waters carry debris. The raging waters carry tree trunks downstream. For three nights they listen to the, the endless rush of water in the dark. Three days then. Three days. That's plenty of time to have plenty of questions. Do you ever question God's plan for your life? Three days is plenty of time to come up with lots of excuses, lots of doubt in their minds, reasons they shouldn't cross the Jordan River, lots of doubt to bring before their commander, Joshua. God had commanded, though, the Hebrew priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. So, on day three, when it's time, Joshua says, consecrate yourself for in three days, we're going to cross the Jordan River. In three days, we're going to enter the promised land. So after three days of camping out on the banks of the Jordan River, the priests, they pick up the Ark of the Covenant on wooden poles. They put it on their shoulders, and they march through camp. People sticking their heads out of their tents, watching as the priests walk down. The priests walk on down the bank. They get a little bit closer to the Jordan River. The rushing waters continuing to go by. That's all they can hear is the rush of waters. These priests go a little bit, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. The priests are feet away, feet away from the rushing waters of the, the flooded Jordan River. And still, it didn't stop. I, I, I can't imagine what was going through their heads at this moment. I just can't imagine. I'm sure they had, they had pause as they drew close to the Jordan River and just kept watching it go by and go by and go by. But then, but then they remembered the words of Joshua recorded in Joshua 3.8. He said, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. So that's what the priests did. Carrying the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, they step into the Jordan River. Just, I mean, come on. We know, you know they're not just jumping in. They're not running in. They're not diving in. They're just putting a little big toe in, right? Is this, is this going to work? Is it, this is what Joshua said. This is what God said to Joshua. So they put their little big toe in, right? Joshua 3, 15 and 16. As soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet... Touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped 
flowing. Again, I say, I know they didn't run. They didn't dive in. It says as soon as their feet touched the Jordan River, as soon as their toes entered the river. See, it was the simplest of steps, but sometimes, oftentimes, the simplest of steps, the smallest step of faith can activate the mightiest miracles of God. As they stepped in, and as they allowed their feet to plunge into the surge of the waters of the Jordan River, the water upstream miraculously stopped about 30 miles upstream, we find, that the Jordan River's water stopped. As if someone had suddenly shut off a water main, the waters stopped. And all of Israel, all two million men, women, and children cross over the Jordan on dry ground. It doesn't say soggy ground. It doesn't say that, that they begin to, to sink into the, the, the mud, into the pit of the Jordan where the water used to flow. It says that they walk by on dry ground. Praise the Lord. See, we've been talking about entering the promised land for many weeks. We've been talking about what it, what it truly takes to enter the promised land. We talk about what it means to, to, to be delivered from Egypt, but not just to camp out in the wilderness and let that be our life. We talk about entering the promised land. And sometimes entering the promised land means that we have to cross some uncertain boundaries. Sometimes entering into the promised land that God has for us, that life of joy, that life of fulfillment, means that we have to cross over some very scary, turbulent waters. As we consider entering the promised land, you need to know that God is with you. But they also need to know that God is with you. Here's the main thing, and so if you, don't, if you don't remember anything else that I said tonight, remember this. God is with you. He will drive out all of your enemies and all that stands between you and that promised land, that promised land life that he has for you. But what does it take? What does it take? It takes the same thing that the Hebrews had to do. It takes the same thing that the Israelites had to do. Step into that Jordan River. Whatever that Jordan River is for you. Whatever that turbulent, uncertain, maybe scary water is in your life. You have to step into it. Maybe it means just plunging a, a big toe into that water before it stops. But you have to step into the Jordan River. You have to step into those waters. And it might be scary. The river may be even at flood stage. God, couldn't you have called me to do this when the waters were a little bit calmer? Couldn't you have called me to do this when they had receded just a little bit, maybe during a drought, and then I can cross over that river? But that first step, that first step is the most essential you see, because only by stepping into the Jordan will you experience the miraculous, and only by stepping into the Jordan will you enter, truly enter into that promised land. God is with you. He will drive out all of your enemies, 
and he will drive out all that stands in the way of you entering that promised land. You need to know that God is with you. That's confidence. You need to know that God is with you. That comes from reading his word. That comes from drawing near to him in prayer and in worship. You need to know that God is with you. But when I say they need to know that God is with you, I'm talking about everyone that surrounds you, your family, your friends, those that stand against you. We need to be proclaiming God is with me. Even when I face uncertainty, even when I face trials of many kinds, God is with me. They need to know this. Our community needs to know that God has not left his church. Our community needs to know that those of us who, who bear the mighty name of Jesus, that God truly is with us. You need to know God is with you. They need to know that God is with you. See, this is not, as I said before, this is not simply a miracle or a, a message for our church, not simply a, a message that our faith community needs to hold on to and needs to embrace. No, this is a message that the church throughout America needs to embrace, and we need to live it out. We need to be proclaiming it from the rooftops. God is with me. He goes before me, and he prepares a path for me. He surrounds me, and he protects me always. Our, step, our, our, our call is to take that next step with the Lord. That's the only way we can truly enter into the promised land. And so, Father God, I pray tonight that whatever that Jordan River is for your people, Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that whatever that, 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 that uncertain water Whatever, Lord God, the, the turbulent calls, Lord Jesus, before us are, God, that you would make yourself evident to us, make your call, make your commission over us, Lord Jesus, loud and clear in our ears. Let it resonate in our hearts to tell us, Lord Jesus, how to step into those uncertain waters. Lord God, and then give us the courage. Give us, Lord Jesus, the encouragement to take that first step, to take that next step, Lord Jesus, into those waters, even, even, Lord Jesus, when they're at flood stage, even, Lord Jesus, when we don't, do not know how you are going to carry us through it. Lord Jesus, would you give us the courage? Lord God, would you write that, that, that message upon our hearts? Make, make your presence, your, your path before us so clear. Make your presence around us so very evident, Lord Jesus, that we would proclaim. Lord God, not that we would just simply live it out in our lives, but God, that we would proclaim it throughout our communities, within our families, Lord Jesus, that we would know you are with us, Lord Jesus, and all those that we encounter would know that you are with us. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you tonight in your name. Amen. Amen. I've got one more song I want to play, Standing on the Promises. Let's just enjoy this song together. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest. 
Christ I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of Christ my Savior Standing Standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. May God bless you. May God keep you. May God surround you with his presence. And let you be aware of all that he is doing for you and in you. God bless you, friends.